Hey, this is Taylor Gray, Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels, and you are listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Taylor Gray and Ezra Bridger say out. Welcome to episode 31 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined again this week by my co-host, Tom. Tom, thanks for joining me. Rob, I couldn't be more excited than I am today to be a part of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, that's for sure. I take it you're ready to talk some uh, final Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer content? Oh, yeah, as much as possible, because uh, that was amazing. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot for us to talk about on this particular episode. Uh, Just for the record, we are recording this episode on Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. And as uh, we did mention, we are going to be talking about the new and final Rise of Skywalker trailer that just broke yesterday. There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of conversation online. But before we jump into that, I do have a couple of housekeeping items. The first of which is that uh, for any of you Star Wars fans that are looking for some additional content, uh, Tom and his wife, Michelle, co-hosts on the Hyperion Adventures podcast, have been doing the Star Wars Remembered series that we have mentioned on this show multiple times in the past. And they were kind enough this past weekend to have me on to talk Return of the Jedi as we kind of uh, work our way toward the release of The Rise of Skywalker. So definitely go check that out, Tom. We had a great time talking about that particular film and uh, really appreciate you having me on for that discussion. Well, it's always great having you on, Rob. Michelle, my wife, and I kind of bring the the fluff, the shiny objects that go with uh, some of these Star Wars films, but you really bring the in-depth knowledge into it. So it's kind of more of a well-rounded conversation. But yeah, with this week return of the jedi kind of the wrap up of the original trilogy and when we uh when this film originally aired we didn't know if there would be any other star wars films obviously there have been several after that and now leading up to the rise of skywalker the end of the skywalker saga it's really really exciting yeah i uh i know that we're all excited and at the same time it's a little bit bittersweet knowing that the saga is going to be wrapping up but uh the other item and and i do need to say that i think you guys are far too generous with your description of what i bring to that uh show uh, i feel like we all all have our great contributions so i consider it kind of a you know a three-prong attack on most of those movie reviews but uh, i do want to also point out that out on social media we have been doing a giveaway for the month of october it's going to run through october 31st and it is for a star wars galaxy's edge uh, travel mug for the millennium falcon and uh, all you really need to do in order to get yourself signed up for that is i will make sure that i bounce that tweet uh, out on twitter and uh, what you'll need to do is just go out um First and foremost, follow our Jedi Temple Archives podcast account on Twitter at JTA Podcast. Uh, if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and then review, uh, reply to the, tr- uh, the tweet that we have out there with your reviewer name from the iTunes review and then like and retweet the post, that will get you entered. Uh, we're going to be doing that giveaway on our first show at the beginning of November there. And uh, looking forward to hopefully hooking someone up with a great new uh, little bit of uh takeaway from star wars galaxy's edge that is a really cool mug too yeah you want that if you get the chance to uh to win that it's it's really awesome i've seen them many times when i've been out there and i've been tempted to purchase one myself but uh yeah getting a chance to win one especially if you haven't been to star wars galaxy's edge yet that uh that really you should take advantage of that for sure 
Yeah, and they do have a lot of great merchandise there, and uh, looking forward to hopefully hooking up someone who hasn't really had a chance to get out there for themselves with uh, with a little piece of memorabilia from that land. So with that being said, that's pretty much all the housekeeping we got for this week. I know that everyone's going to be looking forward to diving right into the review of this trailer and kind of a breakdown of it, so we will jump right into that. And uh, really, the trailer opens after the, the familiar Lucasfilm logo uh, with a scene of another forest planet and uh, this appears to be the same planet we've seen in the prior trailers whether that is Endor or uh, you know possibly even Yavin 4 but you know based on the trees and everything we're seeing in the background I am far more inclined to think that it's the forest moon of Endor uh, and we see a helmet drop with the black shield uh, down on that particular helmet and Ray goes running off kind of into the distance with her lightsaber ablaze being tra uh, chased by what looks like a training remote. So whether this is a sequence where she's doing some training or whether there has been some sort of a, a malfunction with that training droid and it's actually coming after her. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see, but definitely jumping right into the trailer with a, an action sequence right off the bat. Right. It was a good. It was a, a good question that you brought up there about what is going on with the droid. Is it just part of the training? Is has someone you know? Is it a malfunction? Has someone fiddled with it? Whatever the case may be. I, I tell you, the first time watching it, I was so glued into the helmet more than anything else that I I didn't even notice the droid there for a little bit until I watched it. Oh, I don't know. 50, 60 more times. Uh, but yeah, I, at first I saw the helmet, I'm like, because I was looking at the forest moon and the helmet, and I only kind of saw the back of it at first, and I was thinking, is that a speeder bike helmet? Because, you know, just going back, and we were just discussing, we, we, we went through Return of the Jedi recently, so I was thinking indoor speeder bike or whatever. But then, yes, and looking at it further, you can see the uh, the uh, blast shield down, kind of like Luke's training in A New Hope. Uh, that You see the remote there. You see... Uh, um, uh, Ray deflect kind of a blaster bolt with her lightsaber as she goes and, and runs through the forest and then does that, uh, that enormous leap over that gorge, which is, you can tell that her skills have definitely improved uh, since we last saw her in The Last Jedi. Yeah, and it kind of makes me wonder if that's part of what this whole montage is about. Um, if it's something that we're going to see kind of early on in the film to establish the fact that, you know, time has passed, her skills in the force have grown, and, uh, you know, just kind of give you a feel that she has definitely uh, moved on from where we saw her at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah, that's kind of what I took out of it, too, is like you can see that she's much more advanced. She's much more skilled. Uh, she's not as much as the novice, just barely being trained at all, even though she's had some amazing abilities to, uh, already to begin with. But uh, you could tell that she just seems more polished as a force wielder at this point. Right. And kind of as this uh, scene starts, there is a voiceover from Finn talking a little bit about the force and kind of how it all brought them together. And I think we've got a clip of that. It's an instinct. A feeling. The force brought us together. Yeah, it's funny that uh, when I heard that the first time, the first thing that jumped to my mind when he said the force brought us together was Han Solo saying, that's not how the force works. It's <laughs> exactly the thought I had. I think it goes back to us doing the the last episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. We were looking at the, uh, the funny scenes and one-liners from Star Wars, and that was one of the ones that uh, shouted out to us. And uh, I, I that, that struck me as well. But uh, it almost, I do agree in the, that fact that I think that the force works and in that regard, in that it does kind of uh, bring people together, bring situations together as need be. And so I, it almost makes me think that, you know, hey, Finn is starting to understand a little bit more about how the Force works at this point as opposed to what we saw him in, uh, you know, The Force Awakens. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now the scene where Ray is running through the forest kind of then morphs into a scene where she uh, comes to this gorge within the forest and you see her do a Force leap across that gorge. And I did notice that she has a bit of red on her right hand. Um, I'm assuming that is from the previous trailer. We saw kind of a scarf of some sort wrapped around her hand or a ribbon wrapped around her hand when she catches the lightsaber after having thrown it and having it returned to her. Um, so that is kind of what I read there. I, I didn't think it was a wound or anything, but I do think that there's something going on where she's got um, that scarf or, or ribbon wrapped around that right hand. Yeah, it did seem very similar to that in that regard. I don't know why it's there, what's going on there, if there is a wound or that it's kind of a, a weird bandage or if that's something 
to kind of focus her or what the case may be. But uh, I agree with you. It seemed to be exactly the same situation with her hand. Right. And one of the things that they do really, really well with this particular trailer is the scenes really kind of more very nicely from one to the next. And this was one of the spots that shined for me was uh, as you see her leaping across this gorge, all of a sudden it cuts to her leaping through what appears to be the ruins of uh, the Death Star, probably the second Death Star, uh, where she's leaping from uh, a tower that looks a lot like uh, the catwalk that Obi-Wan was out on while he was uh, deactivating the tractor beam in the original Star Wars film, A New Hope. Uh, she's kind of leaping from that onto another piece of wreckage. And uh, that was just definitely a stunning visual to see her go from jumping over that gorge to then kind of moving around the inside of the Death Star very similar to right. what we saw at the beginning of The Force Awakens. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was such an excellent transition, and yes, you know, we're seeing that her skills are more polished, that she has more abilities, and yet it takes you right back to the first time you see Rey as a scavenger there on Jakku, uh, you know, trying to just... Uh, find parts out of this uh this down star destroyer and kind of making a living you know it just kind of it brings it back home uh right there to begin with absolutely uh so from that particular scene it then cuts to what looks like uh kind of a war council um where you've got uh billy d williams back as lando calrissian uh, you've got the droids, you've got Finn and Poe, um, and they're all in this council chamber. Uh, there's a large crowd of people around them, and playing against that is uh, Poe basically giving a speech about the fact that if they lead, that uh, good people will follow. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. So, uh, you know, he's clearly trying to take on that mantle that they were trying to pass to him in The Last Jedi, being more of a leader, less of, you know, the, the guy that's jumping into his cockpit with the cannons blazing uh, and taking on that role that, that Leia was trying to push him toward within The Last Jedi. Exactly right. Uh, that looked to me like the Poe that they wanted to kind of help coerce out of him, you know, not the individual person just you know out there kind of for the glory himself but looking out for the overall big picture and you know taking over as you know obviously uh, general organa knew that she could only lead for so much longer that they were going to need somebody else to step in that role uh she saw that in poe and it's definitely seems to be coming to the front here uh, as he's speaking of this and uh, leading what appears to be this uh some sort of pre-battle meeting Right. And the other interesting thing to note in that particular shot is there is a Mon Calamari. Uh, that would be the species that Admiral Akbar was. Uh, we know we lost him within The Last Jedi, but he does have a son. And it has been speculated that that particular Mon Calamari may very well be uh, Admiral Akbar's son, who's now going to be taking on a larger role within the Resistance. Fascinating. That's interesting stuff. I'll look forward to finding out more about that character as well as we uh, get closer and, of course, into the film itself. Absolutely. Uh, so moving on from that, we end up uh, with the scene where we cut to uh, Rose kind of standing in the forefront. She has now risen up in the ranks of the resistance, and I believe she's a commander and also the head of their engineering corps. Um, as well as in the background, you can see Lieutenant Connix, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, uh, and Dominic Monaghan. So uh, for those of you who are you know, fans of the Hobbit films or whatnot, he has got a role. I don't believe it's been announced what his character is going to be, uh, but it's a fairly intense looking scene. It's kind of dark. Um, it appear to be people in the background kind of scurrying toward a, either a building or a starship. I can't tell what that is. Um, and we also see a couple of the horse-like creatures that you'll see throughout the trailer that are called Orbax that are uh, native to that desert planet of Pasana that we had seen in the prior trailers. Yeah, definitely something going on there. They're intently watching something that looks, you know, whether it's horrific or or something has got their attention significantly and people are scrambling in the background. Yes, the Orbox, you go see them uh, run by real briefly. Uh, you know, interesting, Dominic Moynihan uh, being added to this cast, J.J. Abrams is, uh, you know, just famous for bringing back uh, actors that he loves from other series. Of course, yes, he was from in the Lord of the Rings series, but he was also in Lost along with J.J. Abrams, you know. So uh, just a, a another fascinating, fascinating uh, aspect of, 
you know, moving forward within this film. Absolutely. Uh, and that very quickly cuts to a scene of kind of a core group of our heroes. You've got Poe, you've got Finn, you've got Chewbacca, and they're all basically standing next to the newly uh, painted or the new themed uh, X-Wing. I'm assuming this is Poe's ship. Uh, it's that white with the orange uh, paint and decal on it. So um, that they're all kind of looking uh toward the camera, uh, unsure what they're they're looking at in that particular shot. But it then folds very quickly into a shot of uh, a ship that is, it's a Carillion Corvette for sure, but whether it's the Tanta V4 or not uh, kind of has yet to be revealed, uh, kind of skimming low across the tops of the trees. So I don't know if they're looking at that particular ship or if it's just the way they cut those scenes together, uh, but they were both nice callbacks to to some things we've seen in the past. Yeah, exactly. And it wouldn't shock me if it's the Tantive Four. I it, it surprises me if they bring things into this, and we're going to discuss this in a scene a little later, I think, as well, that they bring ships that people know in, and then they're going to say, oh, no, it's just a ship that looks like that one. So to me, like a lot of times, I, I, I think that when, you, when you're when you doing a nuanced uh, view of something like that, that it probably calls out to exactly what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I would think... I, I think they've released that the runtime for this film is going to be about two hours and 35 minutes. And uh, certainly it seems like a longer film, but uh, knowing the amount of content that they have to get through to kind of wrap this story up. And certainly with some of the huge sequences that we'll see as we get into this a little bit later, um, they're going to have their work cut out for them without having to lay in backstory about additional ships or additional characters. Uh, I think you're right. I think they're going to stick primarily with uh, characters and ships that we know. Right. So it wouldn't shock me at all if that is actually the Tantive Four that's uh, coming in, flying in low for whatever reason is Leia aboard that ship. Uh, We'll be interesting to find out once we get there. Absolutely. So uh, the next couple of scenes that we cut to uh, look to be both in the ruins of the Death Star 2, uh, as we've seen kind of out there amongst the ocean. Uh, the first is Ray facing the camera. She's kind of got a gun emplacement behind her. She's got her lightsaber lit. And you could just kind of tell from her facial expression that she uh, looks like she's kind of stealing herself for a battle. Um, so any anything that you took out of that, Tom? No, I think it's similar to what we've seen out of the uh, the past trailers and the D23 footage that we saw that uh, uh, there's something going on out there, you know, whether it's a, it's a meetup with, you know, Kylo Ren, you know, they're, or if they're trying to get something done and they're not expecting him to be there and he shows up, whatever the case may be. Uh, but you can just tell that she is geared up and knows that this something is about to happen that's very serious. Right. And actually, I should point out that during this particular sequence, you've got Ray speaking over this, basically saying uh, that people say that they know her, uh, but that they don't. And as they cut to the next shot, you've got Kylo walking out of the crashing waves and spray, just drenched to the bone. Uh, he's got his cross guard lightsaber lit up. And as he's walking toward uh, the viewer and responds, uh, you see him kind of reverse the grip on that saber, which we haven't seen before. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. So again, I think that goes back to the the link that these two characters had that was established within The Last Jedi. Um, again, I, I felt like... Uh, Kylo may feel like he knows her. I don't know that it was that he knows her as well as he thinks. I I think it was more for the purposes of trying to manipulate her with uh, the news that he was giving her about her parents being filthy junk traders. But I guess within this film, we're going to have that answered once and for all. Yeah, I I have no doubt that that is going to take place within this film that we're going to figure out if there is a connection between the two of them. If there's not, if you know, how much information does Kylo slash Ben Solo know about Ray? Uh, it's, it's all going to come out and I'm, I'm very excited about it. I, I, you know, it's really an interesting to see the two. I mean, obviously, uh, Kylo has enough issues to work out as well, but he's also trying to work out this relationship. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously this is troubling for Ray. You can tell that she's, you know, doesn't exactly know her feelings, but this has got to be also troubling for Kylo slash Ben and his feelings throughout this uh, this whole situation. And I, I really find it, it adds another level to the story that I'm very excited to find out how it all plays out. 
certainly, you know, the two of them and, and the battle that it looks like they engage in, I just get a feeling from that that it may be something that happens earlier in the film, especially given some of the scenes that we're going to talk about here shortly. Um, that, And I know that this has been kind of a thing that's been happening with trailers lately is that a lot of what you see within those trailers tends to be very early in the film. Uh, certainly all of this can't be, but uh, I... I feel like, um, you know, there's still a lot to be revealed about this film and knowing JJ, he's probably involving himself in some misdirection as well. Oh, I have no question of that. I always, every time I watch a trailer, I'm like, okay, we're seeing all this. What is edited creatively? What is actually going to be in the film? What is not going to be in the film? You know, what you know, I, I, I've worked with sound for uh, much of my life, and I know how things can be taken out of context to make them sound a certain way. And the same can be done somewhat with video as well. And it wouldn't shock me at all if a lot of that is, yes, like you were talking about there, Rob, uh, misdirection by, uh, by JJ and the editors. Right. Now, the next shot in the trailer is is actually one of my favorite shots. And initially when I saw this, it looks like um, basically a large uh, kind of like either an ice continent or an iceberg. Uh, and I thought that it was literally up against an ocean of some sort. And what we were seeing was kind of the reflection of it on the water. But the more I look at it, this does look like some sort of ice structure that is just kind of free floating in space. And you've got a ton of TIE fighters uh, kind of flocking toward it. And one of the interesting things about this shot is if you look at the ice really closely, it does very much appear that there is a shadow within that ice that is very much in the shape of a Star Destroyer. Uh, interesting about the Star Destroyer. I also noticed that it looks like uh, that maybe there is something as far as maybe that's the Star Destroyer I'm seeing. It looked like a, some sort of city or whatever, but maybe that's the, the Star Destroyer that you're talking about that I'm seeing. But yeah, the uh, it's a spectacular visual shot that uh, ice asteroid or whatever it is. It's it's just it's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of film uh, right there. And it's it's stunning to, to look at. And I remember it came out first yesterday afternoon when they did that kind of the 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 teaser for the trailer and uh, you know that was one of the visuals that just awed me right off the get-go absolutely and i do know what you're talking about there does appear to be kind of like a city to the left-hand side of that ice structure um whether that is in fact you know that or if it's some sort of an outcropping of of that uh, star destroyer that appears to be hidden in the ice uh, will be revealed. So the interesting thing is, is that um, there's the planet of Kijimi that we've talked about in the past trailer reviews, which is where they meet Zori Bliss. And uh, that is kind of a, a, a wintry looking planet, very rocky. Um, and it would be very common, I think, for people to mistake that ice structure for being a part of that planet. But I, I do just get a feeling that they're separate. And uh, as we kind of move into the next shot of this particular trailer, we cut to this throne um, with all of these uh, stone fingers, I guess, uh, surrounding it. And it's set against this kind of glowing blue backdrop that looks very much like the, the shot that we just saw of this kind of bluish ice crystallized meteor, uh, as Tom called it. Uh, whether this is actually inside that or not, I guess, is, is yet to be seen. I've heard a few people as well say that they saw the Sith the new Sith logo that has been released is kind of part of the new toys that are coming out for the rise of Skywalker um, inscribed on this throne. I have not seen that. Um, so I'm not really sure where they're pulling that from, but uh, it's still very interesting. And I, and I also believe this was uh, taken right from one of the Ralph McQuarrie concept drawings from 1981, uh, which has been something that's been talked about quite a bit on social media. Yeah, right from uh, for use for the throne room for Return of the Jedi, from what we understand. That is exactly uh, where the work for this, and I actually saw a, a sketch of the original drawing uh, from Ralph McQuarrie, and it looks almost exactly like this. So it's uh, really well, well done that they kind of called back to the original artist that designed so much of this world that we know as uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, the other thing to note about this particular scene is while you do get this kind of glowing blue backdrop to the throne, there are flashes of light uh, and that dovetails very nicely into the next scene where you see a, a Star Destroyer uh, crashing up through what appears to be ice. Uh, and you can see the, the strobing bolts of lightning in the background. So these two scenes seem to be very closely tied together. 
Yeah, I, I think we see a lot, especially where the Star Destroyers are involved, a lot of that same kind of look to it. It's very bluish with these kind of blue lightning bolts, fly, uh, a lot of kind of fog or clouds kind of nearby. And uh, yeah, the, the again, another stunning, stunning uh piece of film there to see this this uh the star destroyer just kind of crashing through this ice and uh, i was trying to look at it closely to see if it was a first order star destroyer or more of the regular uh the standard empire star destroyer and i i kind of felt it was more of along the lines of the empire i don't know what's your thought looking at that rob but looking at kind of the way the uh the 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 bridge area of it was it just kind of reminded me more of the empire yeah, it definitely looks to me to be an imper- a classic Imperial Star Destroyer. Um, it's got it's got all the earmarks of just a classic Imperial Star Destroyer. So it's actually very interesting too, because you know you talk about the First Order and how prevalent they were uh, in the position of power they they sat in at the end of the Last Jedi, uh, and yet within all the trailers that we've seen, there's really no evidence of the First Order per se whatsoever. We see you know Palpatine, and we see these Imperial Star Destroyers instead. Couple stormtroopers, uh, you know, first order stormtroopers, but uh, really has not been outside of Kylo himself, and, and even just up until this, uh, this was the most we've seen of him. I mean, we've hardly seen anything at all uh, of him in the uh, in the uh, footage we've seen so far. Uh, so it is interesting that uh, you bring that up. Uh, I don't know what that means as far as what's going on with the first order, but um, again, it's just one more thing to to discuss for the next uh, you know what is it fifty nine fifty eight days until we get there. Right. Again, we were talking about this offline, but I had convinced myself that I was going to be just fine waiting for the movie to come out, that we had all kinds of great Star Wars content coming out with uh, the in, you know, the imminent release of the Mandalorian here in just a few weeks. And um, I'm clearly not prepared. This is this is definitely something that I want to see far more than any other piece of Star Wars content uh, that's going to be released anytime soon. Yeah, just the anticipation of it and everything we've seen so far of it. It looks spectacular. Uh, the concept of the storyline, you know, although we don't really know a lot about it, uh, it, it's fascinating to, you know, the, you know, the callback to whether it's really in fact him coming back or whatever the case may be, the callback to Palpatine making some sort of reemergence ever since Star Wars Celebration when that showed up, it's just had me on pins and needles waiting for this thing to come out. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I would definitely say that in the next shot of the trailer, in, in a trailer full of beautiful imagery, this next one is probably the biggest eye candy shot of the whole trailer. Uh, it was released as part of a teaser trailer earlier that day that was about 15 seconds long and features the Millennium Falcon kind of dropping into frame against the backdrop of a swarm of other what we have to assume are resistance or rebellion um, you know, starships and, and capital ships. So, um, Tom, I know that there was something that you had pointed out on social media almost immediately as soon as that teaser trailer had dropped. Yeah, first thing I did was just zoom in on that picture just to look at it because it was just a stunning, stunning shot. Uh, you know, and just a beautiful picture of the Millennium Falcon there with all these ships behind it. And then just right off to the right, I'm looking, I'm like, holy cow. That looks like the ghost from uh, Star Wars Rebels. If you know the animated series Star Wars Rebels, the ghost was their group's ship that that is is as prominent in that show as the Millennium Falcon is uh, throughout Star Wars. And um, you know there have been some people out there like, well, you know there are a lot of these kind of ships, just like there are a lot of ships like the the Falcon out there. Well, you don't put a ship that prominent that that many Star Wars fans know right to the right of the Millennium Falcon if that. That's not the ghost. I I really believe that that has to be the ghost. Yeah, I don't buy the you know it could just be another VCX 100 and it's no big deal. Yeah, it was it was definitely intended in that shot and the way it was framed uh, to be basically the the sister ship to the Falcon um, and definitely a nod toward all the fans out there that have loved Rebels for so long. Uh, I, I can't imagine it being any other ship. Now, the big question is, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, is this going to be flown by Harrison Dula as it was within Rebels? Uh, is it going to be her son, Jason Sandula, who was a child at the end of that particular series, but um, certainly would have had time to grow up and probably be an amazing pilot in his own right. So that right. has yet to be determined. 
determined. Yeah, again, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. There's all reason to believe that Hera could still be alive and still piloting and, and still uh, doing important things. But Jason, yes, should be, you know, just about the, the perfect age to have taken over uh, that um, the reins from his mother. Um, who knows what's gone on since that time with some of the other characters uh, from Rebels, because th- there were several that were still around at the at the end of that series. So uh, does any of that play out into this? I just love the, the, the possibility of uh, more kind of the animation features from Star Wars kind of crossing over into the live action. I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the result of that is. Yeah, I would love to actually have any of our listeners that have any additional thoughts about any of the ships they see in the background. Uh, if you want to reach out to us on social media, definitely, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever the case may be at JTA podcast, uh, you know, point out what your favorites were, which uh, ships really jumped out to you. I swear at the end of that shot, kind of in the far distance appears to be a ship that has the same profile as as the Razor Crest, which is going to be the ship that the Mandalorian flies within the upcoming uh, Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. So, uh, but it could also be a couple of other different ships. It's just really hard to say. It's in in uh, kind of the the far distance of that particular shot. So, uh, you know, they've been known to drop other Easter eggs within some of these films, and looking forward to see what people pull out of that particular shot. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a fascinating, fascinating scene just to see all these various different ships. There are Mon Calamari cruisers out there, all sorts of, of, of little nuance. And I'm sure you could just pick it apart right and left and find all sorts of different pieces from from uh, the Star Wars, you know, oeuvre of uh, of starships. It's just amazing. Yeah, totally. Um, the next shot is just a real brief shot, and it was actually part of what we got a few days prior in a teaser trailer, which was just kind of our primary three, uh, Finn, Poe, and Ray sitting down in the cockpit of the Falcon. Of course, Chewbacca is there as well, uh, and Ray's kind of looking at them and smiling. So uh, that was just a brief flash before we cut back again to that lightsaber battle on uh, the ruins of the Death Star 2, uh, where we've got Rey and, and Kylo going at it with their lightsabers blazing. Yeah, uh, it was just, you know, as much as the, the, all of our heroes were kind of separated for the most part in uh, Last Jedi, uh, kind of similar to the way they were in Empire Strikes Back in many regards. Uh, you know, it was good to see them kind of uh, bringing them all together just for this quick scene. And yes, the little sly smile from Ray towards Chewbacca and his kind of looking back and kind of tilting his head at her. Um, just uh, it was really just a warm spot kind of within the middle of this trailer, I think. Yep. Um, from that, it flashes pretty quickly to um, a scene where you've got a Star Destroyer kind of in the foreground and a large explosion in the background. I don't know if that's a capital ship or, um, you know, there's been people who were concerned that possibly it was another planet getting destroyed. I don't know that they're going to go back to that well. I hope that they don't. Um and then that very quickly flashes to a scene of Ray and what I'll just call a wave skimmer. Um, it looks like a single person craft kind of uh, going across those large waves that we saw in the last trailer, uh, headed out toward the ruins of, uh, of the Death Star. Um, so I, I, again, without having any real context of what that scene is, it could be going out. It could be coming back, really. I don't see the ruins in the background. That's true. Uh, a lot of fog in the background of that scene. So it's hard to say for sure if there's something beyond the clouds or whatever the case may be. But yes, they could be also uh, exiting from uh, the ruins of the Death Star. But uh, I thought it was just the first thing I thought of is like another one of those rickety little ships, just like they were you know, bringing out on Crate in The Last Jedi, you know, that just seem to be barely holding it together. Maybe it's stronger than it looks, but it looks pretty flimsy to me as I see it skimming across those waves. I didn't see any feet shooting at the bottom of it, so I think it's probably <laughs> pro- probably safe. And actually, I, I should kind of go back on what I said because you can actually clearly see the, the Death Star. Uh, it's essentially where that large uh, focusing disc was, um, but there is a lot of open sky around it and everything. So uh, she's clearly headed out there. Uh, the next scene we get to is one of the more emotional scenes of the entire trailer. Uh, it starts uh, with a picture of C-3PO. He's kind of got the back of his head exposed and a new character that they're introducing in this particular uh, release of the film uh, named Babu Frick, who is this diminutive little master robot mechanic. Uh, and he is clearly doing some work on the back of C-3PO's head. It's been uh, speculated that there was uh, a 
still shot that people were passing around earlier in the week of Zori Bliss, who's the Carrie Russell character, the bounty hunter um, or uh, mercenary character, was holding a small disc, and it was pointed out that that would fit right perfectly into that circular spot on the back of C-3PO's head. Um, but what that is actually going to contain, and if that is in fact what he is kind of wiring into C-3PO's neural cortex or whatever, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of what this whole scene is. It it probably ties in very closely to uh, C-3PO with the red photoreceptors that we've seen in previous trailers as well. I, I got to believe so. And there was a, you know, he, the, what he uh, was saying during that scene was just very touching and emotional. And that's when I began to lose it, by the way, <laughs> watching this trailer. Uh, but it was it, it just an interesting scene in many regards. Uh, all of our heroes are pretty much there gathered around him as this work is being done and you can see they all have kind of a uh, concerned look uh, watching C-3PO go through this. Yeah, Poe po has a, uh, a pretty good line with that as well if you've got the sound clip and want to play it. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. <laughs> And the internet loses it. <laughs> yes. Uh, not, not just the internet. Uh, I lost it. Uh, that was insane. Um, and I was a wreck for the, the entire rest of the first time watching this trailer from that point on. Yeah, I, that seems to be a very common uh, common bit of, of feedback that a lot of people had. There was a lot of people that said that uh, they were kind of surprised. They never thought that the most emotional moment in the trailer was going to be delivered by C-3PO. Uh, and there's been uh, kind of some cool points that people have made online about the fact that he's not just talking to the group there. He's talking to the viewers as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, because of the way that shot's framed. So, uh, you know, he's certainly certainly been a huge part of all the films, um, and Anthony Daniels has really brought a lot of heart to that character. So uh, I, I will point out, though, that in this particular scene, uh, I do believe it's taking place on that planet of Kajimi that we were talking about. All of the characters kind of have long coats on, uh, so it looks like it's a colder climate, and uh, that would seem to fit very well with Kajimi, which we've seen uh, in the previous trailers. Completely. I was going to point that out as well. Yeah. Everybody is wearing coats, so that would make sense. Uh, Zori Bliss, you actually see her uh, there as well. Uh, so it totally makes sense if this was that spot and where this was taking place. And, you know, we've speculated already about uh, about C-3PO with the red eyes that we saw in the D-23 footage uh, from a little bit ago. Um, this has got to have to do with that scene and, and that regard. I find it interesting in the, the middle of it. I mean, yes, it was a dramatic pause, but at the same time, the, you know, taking one last look, dramatic pause at my friends um you know that was very dramatic and very well done by jj and the editors to you know put this point across and you know tug at our heartstrings uncontrollably but also the pause there there could be so much that could be said within that space that could just kind of edit it out because maybe it explains more as to what is going on with c-3po at that point so i, I whether it's there or not yeah i just kind of found it interesting that it seemed like there was something that might have been just kind of pulled out of that spot. Oh, they would never do that. That would be a misdirection. No, no that never happens. Never happens. Right. So this particular scene feeds right into, so you get your big emotional moment. Uh, they flash a, you know, this Christmas up on the screen. And the next thing you see is, uh, it's Finn and Poe and Chewbacca charging through the halls of a Star Destroyer. This definitely does look like a First Order Star Destroyer uh, and kind of gunning down some stormtroopers along the way. Yeah. Um, again, it, it, this is the big the big rah-rah moment here. You, you see them gunning people down. There's some cheering going on from some of our, our favorite heroes. And uh, it's it's just kind of that moment you, you got to you know recover slightly from that big emotional moment that just happened a second ago and then bring the energy back up yeah um and there's a quick little montage here we've got uh the scenes that we've seen in earlier trailers with ray and leia hugging um and kind of cutting to a close-up of ray's face she seems to be very emotional uh that then bounces to a scene where you've got bb8 kind of stored on one of these uh sail speeders i think they're calling them uh, which we've seen on the planet of Pisana and triggering one of these, uh, they're not fireworks. It's like a, a, a colored dust canister, uh, which I think then ties in very closely with that scene of the, the uh, Imperial 
jet troopers that we'd seen in the earlier uh, trailer as well. Yeah, kind of uh, flying through the the clouds of not, like you said, not really smoke, but uh, some sort of uh, almost a powdered smoke screen of diff- colored smoke screen or whatever, trying to maybe, uh, uh, you know, hide the getaway, whatever the case may be, just kind of distract some of these jet troopers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we get a quick shot of, uh, of Finn, celebrating after uh, either either after that particular scene or at some point while on this uh sail speeder uh I would assume that at this point they've thrown off the pursuit which then very quickly cuts into uh, another scene that a lot of fans are enjoying which is you know back to Lando and Chewie in the cockpit of the Falcon uh clearly having a good old time yeah uh it just it was almost the yeehaw that uh Lando puts out after they, you know, uh, blow up the Death Star and return of the Jedi in many regards. And I don't know if that was as big a moment, but you can just see it just, you know, it's back to like, yes, you know, it's still a Star Wars movie and they're supposed to be fun. We're having some fun here after, you know, these big emotional moments that we just had. Right. Um, the next scene that we get is a Y-Wing kind of uh, doing a barrel roll as it is taking out TIE fighters and then, uh, loosing some shots into what looks like the interior of a Star Destroyer. Uh, it's been speculated that that could potentially be Poe. I also think it could be Wedge. Uh, I know he's supposed to be making a return in this particular film, and certainly he is a pilot that has that kind of skill. Uh, but it's interesting because you usually don't get to see like an action sequence with a Y-wing like that. They tend to be mm-hmm. considered to be, you know, more of the the sluggish bomber. Uh, but whoever is flying that Y-wing clearly has got some uh, some top level skills. Right? Uh, yeah, exactly. We don't think of Y-wings and the action sequences so much. They are they are built for uh, to be battered and be able to get in there and drop their bombs on uh, different locations. But interesting thing about that scene as I, I kind of paused it and was looking because I'm like, what are they firing at on this? Because there was something that stood out to me on that uh, that Star Destroyer that they're firing at. And I paused it at one point and it looks like it's a really big gun sticking out the bottom of that Star Destroyer, that that's what they're aiming at. That's what they're trying to destroy or whatever the case may be. I don't know what it is, but that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it would be interesting to find out if that is what ties back to that uh, large explosion that we saw in the earlier scene if they have some sort of a weapon that uh, can basically take out a, a capital ship in one shot uh, that may explain why they're attacking that particular location on the Star Destroyer. Exactly. I knew as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, I got to look back at this because they're hitting something distinct right in the middle of that ship. And, you know, I didn't expect it to be something as large as this giant gun or whatever. Uh, I thought it was just some sort of, I don't know whether it was another ship coming out of it, uh, whether it was just some sort of triggering area that would, you know, cause the whole thing to, to blow up or, you know, the shields to go down or whatever the case may be. And then when I paused it, there was this long protruding thing. I'm like, I think that's a gun. So we'll see what plays out from that for sure. Absolutely. Um, now the next scene is actually a pretty iconic scene in this, in this trailer. And it is, uh, Jana, who is the new character played by Naomi Aki within this film, uh, and a group of, uh, fellow rebels or, uh, resistance members charging across the deck of a star destroyer. It looks like up in atmosphere, uh, on the backs of those Orbox, the the horse-like creatures that we talked about earlier. So, uh, and of course, you got BB-8 just kind of cruising right along with them. Um, meanwhile, they've got this entire space battle raging around them. So, this was definitely one of those shots that you're like, "What?" Right. Uh, you know, here comes the cavalry, right? You know, on these Orbox, but yeah, in the middle of floating through space. How did that happen? How did they get there? Why are they there? Why are they using these things to, uh, you know, fight on this Star Destroyer? So many questions arise from that yet it's an it's an epic scene at the same time you know it's just it calls back to you know as as star wars does so many times like a a western and again you know I, i say it again here comes the cavalry yeah and over the top of of this sequence that we just talked about we have a great overlay from mark hamill uh talking uh about the the uh, task of all jedi and uh, let's go ahead and play that clip Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Yeah, that is uh that's that was one of the ones that got a lump in my throat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, anytime Mark Hamill uh, as Luke uh, is speaking about the Force at this point, uh, it always kind of gets me. And that was another one that was like, yeah, you know, and it is, you know, talking about it's all led up to this. This is destiny. Now this is obviously, well, we we assume they're just talking about this is Ray's destiny, but I guess we don't really know. They could be talking about several other characters possibly within this film. So, um, but, you know, again, it just, just one more thing that it, as we draw to the epic finish of this, trailer yeah and actually that uh, voiceover feeds right into a scene where you have uh ray and kylo ren confronting each other in the old you know kind of destroyed throne room from that second death star uh and it ties in very nicely to the fact that you know luke is talking about confronting fear um and this was the scene where he had to had to undergo his greatest test uh in confronting palpatine the first time yeah, interesting uh, point within the film. What is happening there? Obviously, Kylo slash Ben is there. Ray is there. Are they going to be battling out, or is this a discussion? Is this a coming together? Um, what is happening in that scene? But it's definitely impactful, and there's no question of what. You, as soon as you see that uh, that room, even despite its its you know a half destroyed uh, state, that is definitely the throne room from uh, from the Death Star, the second Death Star. Yeah, and then it quickly flashes to a scene uh, basically outside on the ruins of that Death Star. You see Finn running toward the camera and screaming out something. I I read that as him screaming Ray, just like he had done in the force awakens it seemed very much like a callback to that moment when kylo ren had come and was taking uh ray off with him in his shuttle and finn was kind of chasing it down trying to save her so uh whether he is uh you know again attempting to uh, interfere with that battle that's going on between the two of them or she's in mortal peril and he's you know screaming her name because he wants to to run to her rescue uh has yet to be seen but it was definitely a, a very much a callback to that scene from the force awakens yeah I got the same feeling from it exactly that you did, that that was, we've seen Finn do this in the past. And, uh, that was exactly the same feeling I had that he was calling out for Ray, you know, and, uh, that what, whatever you want to think of their relationship, they definitely at least have a close friendship and they, they care a lot for each other. And Finn does care for Ray a lot. Yeah. Um, now the next scene that we get is actually one of the most talked about of this entire trailer. It takes place in an all white room. Uh, it still has the, the pill lighting on the walls that is very indicative of an Imperial facility. Um, and it is again, pure white. Uh, you've got this dark statue or character of some sort in the foreground that's being attacked by Ray and Kylo with his repaired helmet. And the two of them, uh, strike it with their lightsabers and the thing shatters. Uh, I know some people have seen Vader's helmet in this, but, uh, the way that it, it shatters kind of speaks to me more that it's a statue of some sort. Uh, but there also has been a point uh, made about the fact that it looks like in Ray's left hand, there's a dagger of some sort. Yeah, I've seen that as well as I was as I was pause, play, pause, play, pause, play, pause. I was like, what? what's that in one hand? It does look like there's some sort of dagger along with the lightsaber as well. Um, uh, this was actually the, the, the Darth Vader's helmet thing was actually pointed out to me for the first time by my wife, Michelle, as we were rewatching it this morning. And she's like, I think that looks like his charred helmet and i'm like i didn't see it first and then i went back and again play pause play pause play pause the more i looked at it the more it did at just one angle not for most of it but there's one angle right at the end of the scene where it looks very much looks like darth vader's charred helmet are they destroying some sort of uh statue like you're talking about rob is it the uh kind of the podium uh, where uh kylo Slash Ben had, uh, you know, Darth Vader's uh, melted helmet placed upon and they're destroying that together. Um, I don't know, but uh, it, it, I'm, it was just another one of those iconic scenes. You're like, wow, what's going on there? But they're obviously teaming up for whatever it is that they're going against there. Yeah, there were two things about this scene that kind of jumped out at me. First, in the background, you can kind of see this black uh, object that has a, a kind of jagged teeth on it, it looks like. And that really uh, spoke to me uh, of a similarity with the meditation chamber that we had seen Vader in within Empire Strikes Back. Uh, where he basically is able to go in there and meditate and he can take his helmet off. And that 
that particular meditation chamber was almost like a hyperbaric chamber for him uh, to help him in his recuperation. So first, this whole scene just screams to me that it's that it's an imperial cloning facility of some sort. It's very similar to what we saw in Camino with the pristine white rooms. Um, and the thing that jumped out at me about about what they're destroying there in the foreground is that to me it looked like a statue of some sort. And it has been established within canon that when Sith are killed, they can actually uh, infuse their essence into an object. And it just out of the blue, I was thinking uh, if Palpatine had figured out a way to infuse his essence into an object nearby and then transfer that essence back into a body, a clone body, uh, that may be how he returns within this film. So uh, that may be why they needed to destroy this in order to actually destroy Palpatine, perhaps. Entirely possible. It could be definitely that. Uh, I, you know, as far as the room itself, I also got a very much of a Cloud City vibe from it. I know it's very pristine white, and that's a little different than uh, some of what you saw from Cloud City. But, you know, there's a window off to the side. You look out and you see some interesting spires out out there and just some of the the way the flooring is some of this i don't know that it, it's it, maybe it was a uh cloud city that was taken over by the empire once uh Lon lando had to leave you know after uh, the empire strikes back or maybe taken over by the first order later on in time i don't know and, and it i could be completely off base here i just kind of that was my first instinct at looking at it it, it looked very similar to cloud city in many regards yeah, the other interesting thing that jumped out to me was the fact that that room reminded me so much of Camino, and then I started thinking about what it looked like outside on Camino, right? Which was mm -hmm. very much the the dark, the lightning, the rain. Uh, it's got me thinking that that could be where. Palpatine and this fleet of Star Destroyers have been hiding all along. Yeah, well, it makes sense, especially if it's not on anybody's charts because they've erased it from the Jedi Temple archives, right? That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, your your point about Bespin um, is certainly one that that I have seen mentioned numerous times, and certainly is a possibility. Um, it's you know again the fun the fun of all this is speculating about what could be and not tying your your feelings about the film to all of the things that you've theorized being correct. It's always fun to theory craft, but uh, you know, don't let yourself be disappointed by the film because it still may be an excellent film. Uh, you just may be tied a little bit too closely to some of the theories that you have. Yeah, we're all just having fun. We're, we're sculpting theories based on what we've seen, based on what we uh, think we know. But, I mean, you know, what it comes down to is it's for the storytellers to tell their stories. So let them do it. It's their story. Let them tell the story. If you don't like the outcome of it, fine, you know, but I'm sure there will be plenty of people who do. Yeah. Um, so from that particular scene, it does again cut to a, a fleet of, or a, a shot of these fleet of Star Destroyers up in the clouds. Again, you do have uh, Xana and her group on the Orbax charging across the deck, but this is shot from a different angle. Um, and we do see some of the fighters that are taking place in this battle. Uh, flyby, including a B-Wing, which is a ship that I'm so excited to see in like a full-fledged space battle finally. I know they were shown a little bit within Return of the Jedi, but um, to actually see B-Wings in a full-scale space battle is going to be awesome in this film. Yeah, I know you were. As soon as I saw it there, I'm like, oh, Rob's going to be excited. There's a B-Wing. He's going to be thrilled. <laughs> but yeah, uh, obviously also the ships, uh, no question that those are Imperial uh, Star Destroyers, not First Order Star Destroyers. So again, like you were talking about, Rob, the, you know, the lack of of uh, a lot of uh, First Order influence through any of these trailers, any of this footage we've seen so far is very interesting, but definitely we see much more of the old school Imperial uh, taking part of this. And again, is that Palpatine? You got to kind of assume that, but uh, we don't really know, but uh, looking forward to finding out. Yeah. Um, so from that, it then cuts really quickly to a shot of Kylo uh, kind of staring toward the camera and then quickly moving off screen. You still got that strobing lightning in the back background and then kind of the biggest scene out of this entire trailer which is ray on this you know flat expanse of land and you're kind of looking over the shoulder of what to me looks like Pal palpatine in his cloak uh, there's some sort of mechanical mechanism, I guess, that that it looks like he's sitting up against or is attached to, uh, and he's looking looking down at Ray, 
it, it definitely looks like he is returned in the flesh in that particular shot, and Ray is just looking up at him. That's what they are at least trying to accomplish with that shot, whether it's him in the flesh, whether it's a clone, whether it's some sort of robot, whatever the case may be. I, you know, especially with the, uh, I believe there was a, the uh, Palpatine's kind of chuckle in the background there as that was happening, and uh, so they're trying to definitely make you think that that's the case. And uh, from from all we can tell from that scene is that has to be the case. Um, I'm again, what's just one more thing of like wow we haven't really we haven't seen much of it we just kind of get these glimpses is it misdirection is it real um i'm it's just another another one of those things i was i nearly squealed when i saw i'm like oh that could be him so exciting yeah and over this particular arc of the the uh, trailer you have the voice of palpatine uh speaking over that and uh kind of has a, a menacing statement that he makes about our heroes long have i waited now you're coming together is your undoing gotta give it up to Ian McDermott he always pulls off the most menacing delivery of any line that he has to give it's so Palpatine in that, that statement there, uh, just kind of smug and like, I knew it all along and uh, this is exactly how I planned it to be. And it's just so great. I am so excited for it. No matter how much Ian McDermott we get, just a little bit of Ian McDermott as Emperor Palpatine uh, back in this film, just it just it just has me giddy and uh and then uh, as a counterpoint to that we cut to a shot of ray kind of standing there very peacefully with the lightsaber ignited and we get one last uh bit of dialogue that is initially delivered by mark hamill but finished by carrie fisher which is just so appropriate given that this was delivered uh this trailer was delivered to us on her birthday the force will be with you always All right, I'm ready to go see it. What a way to close that trailer out. If it wasn't a wreck already enough to finish it up with the last word being spoken by Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, um, it was over. It was done. It was a pool. Yep. <laughs> you couldn't pick me up off the floor after that. No, and crazy. I mean, you know, they've been they've been releasing these trailers on Monday Night Football for years now, and, uh, you know, it totally made sense that they would do it during a Monday Night Football game, but the fact that it would just perfectly fall on uh, the princess's birthday and uh, the last word of the trailer is spoken by her, and really this entire film is kind of uh, in her memory. So uh, it just, it, you couldn't have wrapped it up any better than they did. And I've said it for many years now that to me, the true hero of Star Wars, you you want to say it's Luke, you want to say it's the story of Anakin at points. Uh, it is Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. Uh, you know, who was this princess, could have lived the princess lifestyle, was fighting against injustice for her, her entire life as a senator, as a rebel, later as a general, a leader of the New Republic and, of course, the Resistance. Uh, she is. She could have ducked out at any time during this. Uh, she was there to fight for those who couldn't for so long. She is the hero Star Wars deserves. Uh, and, you know, we miss you every day, Carrie. And it was just so nice for them to do it on her birthday in this way and have her have the last line of the last trailer. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And I can always count on Tom to say the the most heartfelt thing possible. So um, that's going to wrap it for the trailer review. Uh, hopefully you guys really enjoyed this particular trailer. Uh, hopefully you got something out of this conversation. And I know that, uh, you know, we've got our tickets to go see this as soon as it comes out. I'm going to see it a couple of times within the first couple of days. And I'm sure plenty more after that. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to having that discussion. I'm assuming that we'll wrap up the Star Wars Remembered series with this film after we've had a chance to view it a couple times. Oh, of course. A couple times. Yeah, a couple times. That's that's being light on it. Uh, yeah, we will definitely be doing that. We're uh, Star Wars Remembered. We just wrapped up the original trilogy. We're about to go into the sequel trilogy. And in November, we have The Force Awakens. And in December, directly before, like a week or so before, actually the release of The Rise of Skywalker, we'll be doing 
doing The Last Jedi just to get you all set and ready to go like you need any more gearing up for this film. <laughs> yeah, and where can folks find that podcast, Tom? Thank you, Robert. Really appreciate uh, you bringing me on again to talk about this trailer because it's it was amazing, and I'm going to be watching it again all day today. But yeah, for the Hyperion Adventures podcast, we talk all things uh, things Disney, uh, also Marvel, and of course Star Wars. And uh, we have been doing this Star Wars Remembered series for months now. And you can find us uh, really any place you can get podcasts. But the best place to find us is at our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And please follow us on social media as well on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast and Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, always a pleasure having Star Wars conversations and really any conversation with you. So, um, and tell Michelle she was missed. I definitely will. And we, we do tend to have fun talking Star Wars and talking about everything for that matter, don't we, Rob? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And for those of you who want to weigh in with your thoughts about the trailer or point out anything that we may have overlooked, uh, definitely reach out to us. Uh, you can get a hold of us uh, via email at uh, jtapodcast at gmail.com or on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. And for anyone local in Michigan that may be going to the Grand Rapids Comic Con that's coming up from November 8th through 10th, uh, we're going to be doing a sponsorship there and I should be on site for all three days of that. So keep an eye open. I should have uh, some Jedi Temple Archives gear on and would be happy to stop and talk with you. So looking forward to that here in a couple of weeks so that's going to wrap it for us for today uh, appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to us ramble on about the star wars uh new star wars trailer and the final trailer for the rise of skywalker and we will look forward to talking with you all next week thank you and may the force be with you Thank you.